The opinions expressed in this program reflect only those of the participants and are not necessarily those of the sponsors, management, or staff of WTBQ Radio or FST Broadcasting Corporation. Good morning. This is Jay Westerveld with Free Speech, Stephen Keeter's weekly show. And uh, I think I'm uh, bringing us into the show today because we were laughing so much before we went on. Good morning, Stephen. How are you? Good morning, Jay. I was actually here uh, this morning at 8 o'clock for Horseplay Show. Oh, yeah. Well, I was here at 4 o'clock. <laughs> well, I was, mowing I was the lawn. here yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I heard uh, Dasha was on the show. That is correct. Dasha is, uh, was on the Horseplay as a guest. She usually... Uh, not usually, but sometimes she's here with us uh, representing Sam's Meat Warehouse and giving um, prizes away. And, uh, you know, those winners of, for our little trivia, historic and surrounding Warwick. Uh, today she was, uh, you know, commenting on the camp that she's attending at Clover uh, Stables. And she's very happy. She's uh, very excited. She's going. There's a lot of information in writing. Uh, not something that it. Oh yeah. I didn't realize. I've been uh, on a horse, so to speak. I even. I think I went through the Great Canyon from uh, Nevada to Arizona, uh, sort of like on a ranch, a little uh, trip and adventure. But there's way, way, way more to it. It's a hard work. There's a lot of information. There's. Uh, uh, a lot of yeah. details uh, and how you should be properly sitting, how you should be dressing the horse, how you should. Be. There's a lot of this is sort of like going through the school. The kids come home exhausted. Yeah, and I, you know, I guess that's uh, Jimmy Cassidy's program over there over by New Windsor. Yep. Uh, be- beautiful uh, spread he's got over there. You know, it's great when you told me that Dasha, that in that program, just like the program my daughter did over at Great, uh, was it Great? Yeah, Greystone, I think. Um, they start out just learning how to muck stalls and groom, groom the animals, which is important because that's how you weed them out. You know, when I was a kid, I, I was into beekeeping. I was a little guy and then my sister had to get a horse. So I had to get rid of the bees, which really upset me. I, I love apiary science. The two do not go together? Um, not when, not not in the same corral always. Or if they do, my sister wasn't aware of it, and she was older than me, and she was kind of the original Karen. So that was that. So she got her horse. I had to get rid of the uh, the bees, and uh, so instead of the beehives, my sister got this skittish buckskin. I'm not crazy about bucks. No offense to anybody who loves buckskins, and. Um, you know, it was great. She was crazy about the horse. She was crazy about mucking the stalls and grooming the thing for at least three days. <laughs> and then guess who got to clean up the trail apples? Guess who got to uh, so clean you, the stable? So you picked up a new hobby. Oh, you, you yeah, You gave up uh, something you really were passionate about. You picked one up that, that doesn't seem like you're too crazy about. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. Trail apples don't sting. There is that. <laughs> So yeah, that, that's so. I'm glad that the uh, program in which uh, Dasha is enrolled with uh, Jimmy Cassidy over there, and he has a show here on one hundred percent horseplay, and uh, on Saturdays eight a.m. And uh, sh- this is a very hand-on program and camp, and uh, the kids uh, not only get to ride, which is, from what I understand, it's not that easy. It's it's sort of like you know a job in itself. Yeah, it is. You get to clean, you get to learn a lot, and uh, like I said, she originally was signed up for one week. I think now we're already trying to get her on the week number three. You know, if which it, is fully booked. Oh, yeah, it, it has to be. If you you own a stable and you're really smart, you have these programs. So what you do is you have child labor for three weeks, just cleaning the stalls <laughs> and everything. Oh, uh, yeah, we'll let you kids uh, ride next week. You know, but I'll tell you, as, as you know, uh, usually overseas, I'm in the saddle uh, often twelve hours a day, and uh, yeah, it is work. And then different uh, cultures have different ways of controlling the animals, totally different inputs and signals, believe it or not. And then, of course, even here in the West, we have both Western and English riding. Yep. And uh, those are different. It's like the difference between riding a um, a sport bike on the road or a cruiser like a Harley. You know, Western, your legs are stretched out. You know, you have long stirrup straps like you're on a Harley with uh, forward controls. And... Uh, English, you know, you're kind of tucked in there just like you're on a sport bike, you know, canyon carving. It's pretty cool. There's a lot of crossover between motorcycling and uh, equestrian sports, believe it or not. 
No, that's uh, there's uh, there's a reason they call it an iron horse. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Very well, very well put. Um, so uh, it's great. And how's she doing now? Does she like it? She's uh, loving it. She's she's totally loving it. And uh, like I said, she aside from uh, the fact that uh, you know the uh, list of things, it's uh, a, a king and a queen sport. There's a lot of things that needs to be acquired and uh, bought up, and uh, anything from the boots to the helmets to all different kind of gloves and, and whatnot attire, um, you know, and her desire to get a horse immediately, you know. Uh, oh, say it ain't so. <laughs> but other than that, uh, you know, she comes home exhausted, which is the dream of any parent, and uh, she uh, talks about new things that she learned. we all picking up on a little, uh, you know, morsels of knowledge uh, surrounding the you know horse and uh, the equestrian culture and everything else so yeah it's it's been a great experience and uh, she's absolutely loving it excellent well you know not if but when you guys do uh, suddenly have horses on your property Remember, you can milk them now and make your own kumis. Oh my! I, I got uh, dogs big uh, as horses, so I think I'm I'm okay for for the moment. Those, those Rottweilers that I hear so much about. Yeah, because everybody, you know, like people the, who don't even know or where everybody has an opinion. Oh God! Know? Don't get me going. Yeah, that was funny. You know, uh, for listeners, Stephen has two Russian terriers, and they're they're just beautiful dogs. And as you've said, they're kind of. They're more human than dog, and that's what makes them Those really... Are, uh, the, the dog that uh, thinks uh, that uh, it's human, actually. Uh, there's 17 different breeds that went in. It was named the best uh, dog worldwide uh, in 2018. There's a lot of uh, kind of like traits. It's uh, the hair is uh, hypoallergenic and, and whatnot. But it's, it's just very smart, very obedient, very attached to human uh, breed. Yeah, I mean, the the one with whom I've interacted is really uh, lovey and, you know, but not dog-like. It doesn't come up and, you know, like, sniff your crotch or something. It walks in like, can I get they, you a beer? They, you don't, they, they find it in this way because they don't play uh, with other uh, dogs. They don't chase squirrels or cats. Um, but she can open uh, every door in the house. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter in swing, out swing, what type of handle, uh, short of the putting up a key, uh, you know, in the pocket. Sure. She can open uh, every door in the house. Well, I, I, I'll never forget when uh, a local professor uh, wrote in a letter to the editor that unfortunately wasn't vetted, saying that you have these ferocious Rottweilers with which you patrol the Pulpit Rock property. That was pretty funny. Well, there's a lot of uh, nonsense that, uh, you know, there's an old uh, Russian uh, saying, those was actually written by Chekhov, that uh, the paper does not blush. You can write anything you want. And I'm so happy to see that uh, the recent uh, issues of Warwick Valley Dispatch is being very uh, community-oriented, very local. None of the nonsense uh, that, uh, you know, we just mentioned uh, on the program that was putting up uh, any kind of, uh, you know, made-up story or any, misinformation. Any, sure, any apocryphal uh, ideas were being put out there, as they are in a lot of papers. Um, and sadly, you know, it sort of represented one side of the aisle. As you know, I'm apolitical AF. I mean, I'm, I'm not even allowed to be political, so... For me, I want to see media sources that aren't one side or another. You know, I don't want to have to live in between MSNBC and Fox. And uh, it's nice that the local paper, once again, has become apolitical. You know, there's nothing political in it. And it's gone back to the family, really. I mean, the original founding family, Gene Wright's family, are now really at the helm and making it truly Warwickian again. Truly wildcat, if you will. No, absolutely. And not only that, I see that the news are uh, uh, specifically, like I said, very community-oriented, very local. But y y there's a little bit for everybody. And uh, anything like from the, by the way, uh, kudos to Leo Cadiz Jr., who uh, now heads a Warwick Rotary Club. And there's a lot of uh, good news right here on the front page. But uh, if you flip it, even like on a county level, which we have yeah, a the word from uh, Amanda Dana, County Director of Tourism and Film, and all those exciting things that everybody residing or visiting Hudson Valley have a chance uh, to look forward to. And then there's something from Orange County Tourism sharing that back cover about Legoland. And again, it's not you know just something saying, oh, you know, promote Legoland, we need the jobs, or Legoland sucks, it's destroying the uh, environment. It's neither. 
it's just a story from Orange County Tourism saying it's now open. You know, here's what it has to I, offer, period. Uh, all my kids are extremely excited. I was actually, uh, you know, looking, and uh, now we're trying to plan the trip or visit to Legoland. We are fortunate that we don't have to necessarily look for accommodations. It's a very short 10-minute drive. Sure. And uh, like I said, I'm excited. And uh, even the older kids, not just the uh, little ones, even the older kids, everybody said, okay, wonderful. When are we going? Yeah, I, I remember a, a long time ago going to Sesame Place, and I believe it was in eastern Pennsylvania, but it could have been in southern New Jersey. Um, this is going back 20 years ago. Went with a family, and I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm going to go along because I'm, you know, dating the nanny. I had so much fun there, you know, and these places, they're not stupid. It's kind of like uh, modern Pixar movies. You go and sit through them with your kid and you realize half the humor is there for we adults and it's, you have Absolutely. a great time. And in fact, I think I, uh, my first visit to Disneyland was in my uh, maybe mid or even late thirties uh, when I uh, finally got to, you know, to see it. And I was blown away, not just, uh, you know, but but the scale to which uh, an extent to which you know some people uh, push entertainment and uh, it's almost like France uh, bringing water to make uh, pizza in local uh, restaurant uh, from Italy sure. she's importing uh, Aquafina you know as an ingredient and it's just water so uh, on a Disney every you know that interesting uh, that the Disney actually doesn't uh, have mosquitoes even though it's uh, Located in Central Florida, where nothing but swamps. I'm not surprised. I now I've never been to that. When I went to the uh, original one in Anaheim, California, back in '68, when I was a, a little tyke, wow. yeah, went out for my uncle's wedding uh, before he shipped off to Vietnam, and uh, so we went out there. We had a great time in uh, Orange County, California, in Anaheim, and uh, I just absolutely love Disneyland. You know, to this day, I still hear the Tiki Room theme and things like that. It's a small world. And uh, same thing out there, though. They had so many funny environmental um, controls, so to speak. 100%. And no pesticides ever used. The right. secret to not having mosquitoes is actually not a single uh, puddle or drop of water in, the, in Disney World stays still. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, essentially everything is moving. And it's uh, the engineering of it, the architecture. And this is, you know, I like all of those aspects. I actually love uh, architecture, I love uh, engineering, I love finding solutions for things that are normally difficult to solve. And you could see that there's a lot of, uh, those people don't cut any corners. And no. uh, we see that on the big scales over there, we see it on the small scales even in our community, you know? Well, you know, Stephen, you know, I, I almost hesitate to say this because I don't want people to think that I'm saying this because I'm your friend, but a simple fact, uh, driving down Spring Street, looking at your buildings on either side, speak of not cutting corners, you know, you have the one um, building that has uh, sort of the offices in the bottom and uh, apartments upstairs, beautiful brick front, the beautiful sort of federal, um, almost fascia over the one office with the columns. Across the street, you have that spectacular spectacular old European style brick uh, building where you may have a steakhouse someday. Uh, both buildings actually, I do like uh, masonry and uh, yeah. I, I like architecture. So one of them, uh, the um, sort of like a mixed use building, uh, that we even use an oversized handmade brick called Cambridge. Uh, Cambridge University is actually uh, made out of the same brick. So is the uh, Camden Yard. Uh, ballpark. Interesting. I didn't yep. know that. Yeah. So, uh, and that was scaled to the size of the building that is handmade uh, and, and made for that particular uh, purpose. That's actually, uh, you know, I've done a couple of churches out of that uh, brick in Connecticut. Wow. And the others uh, on the opposite side, it was very important to bring something that would seamlessly blend in, in a local uh, character in the architecture. And we used a different kind of brick, but it was called new used in other words right uh, you know you can reuse the brick you can actually take the building apart and use the uh, brick but it's a very short supply so to speak so uh, there's uh, smart people out there who said you know what we're gonna make a distress just like a pair of jeans you know sure. when you pick up a new pair and it's all of a sudden ripped and <laughs> died yeah. and whatnot so there's a new used brick that uh, meant to look like it's been there for centuries. Yeah. And uh, that was exactly the purpose, and it served it well. Those two buildings, I, I 
always suggest anyone with any questions just drive down Spring Street and the one building is sort of behind the laundromat, the uh, Lido Cleaners, not laundromat, I'm sorry, it's not a laundromat, uh, Lido Cleaners. Um, and if you look toward the back of those buildings, it, it's just, it's, I always say it's like something you'd expect to see in Brussels, that building, you know, the, the steep, um, almost Normandy uh, roof, the beautiful it's, It still needs a couple of uh, touches. I do have a copper cupola that uh, we're planning to, to wrap up uh, and put a weather wane. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I think it came out very well. I'm proud of uh, the team that was working on it and an and, uh, and outcome result. So uh, we and uh, if you uh, go through the pages of uh, latest issue of uh, that we have uh, in our hands right now, you're going to see a lot of examples. You're going to see a lot of uh, commitment from the uh, members of the community. And yes. like I said, uh, once again, I think it's worth mentioning uh, Leo Cadiz, uh, junior and senior, and their role in uh, Warwick Rotary Club. Cool. I think after a quick word from Sam's, uh, we'll talk more. are all flocking to Sam's Meat Warehouse. Sam's offers the finest selection of prime meats in New York and New Jersey. Whether Wagyu or Frank Burgers, Prime Filets or Delmonico's, Pork Chops or Prime Rib, Sam's, located in the Village of Florida, is the jewel of New York and New Jersey for those who will settle for nothing less than the best. Learn about where your meat comes from, recipes, and incredible pricing. For specials and giveaways, visit Facebook at Sam's Meat Warehouse. Hi, this is John Stein, host of the Hootenanny Cafe, inviting you to join me every Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here, 93.5 FM or WTBQ.com, for the best in folk music anywhere. Hi, this is Wild Baby Love. Start your Sunday with me at 6 a.m. and Gospel Tracks. I'll give you the phone number to the Faith phone line and the address to the website. All that and much, much more, right here on Gospel Tracks with yours truly, Wild Baby Love. And we are back with Free Speech. This is Jay Westerveld on Stephen Keeter's weekly show. Stephen, uh, right before we went to the word from Sam's, and uh, we should call it Dasha's. It should be called <laughs> Dasha's Steak Warehouse. Um, what uh, you, you were talking about possibly doing a giveaway of a subscription to the Warwick Valley Dispatch, Warwick's original hometown newspaper. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, let's, uh, I think we can probably uh, come up with a couple of questions. Uh, sure. Uh, Warwick related or local history or trivia and uh, give a, a yearly, yearly subscription to Warwick uh, Valley Dispatch, the oldest essentially local newspaper. Yeah, it really is too. Uh, since the uh, 1880s, of course, 1885, uh, it's been in the f one family all that time, independent 136 newspaper. 136 years, yep. And it, it's so great that uh, Cousin Gene Wright is still there at the helm, uh, you know, keep, keeping the show running. Uh, I guess an easier trivia question, because that uh, sometimes has to be the way we, we roll it here. Um, how much is a copy of the Warwick Valley Dispatch? Uh, wonderful question. I think it's a little bit too easy, so I'm going to th throw a curveball uh, to it. How much is the Warwick Valley Dispatch today, and how much was it... Uh, 30 years ago. Oh, really good question. Good. So give us uh, your answer at 845-651-1110. Thank you. I was going to burp there. 651-1110. Or you can text your answer to 845-328-0886. So give us a call. Let us know what the cost per copy is, the Warwick Valley Dispatch today, and what it was 30 years ago. And if you have the right answer, you will win a year's subscription to the Warwick Valley Dispatch. So, getting back to the dispatch, Stephen, seems to be in the news a lot, seems to be a lot going on. I'm loving the columns, loving the guest columns. I, I love that the, uh, you know, the supervisor has his column, Michael uh, Sweeten, and um, 
Mayor Jesse Dwyer of Greenwood Lake. I want to see the Greenwood Lake section expanded too because Greenwood Lake is really essential uh, to this town. When I was a little kid, my dad had a boat on Absolutely. There it's a little short on news, but I'm sure uh, that can be uh, adjusted and, uh, so to speak, remedied. Uh, we're looking for any kind of, uh, you know, feedback or supply or, you know, if anybody wants uh, to contribute, I'm sure uh, folks at the dispatch will be happy to see it. Uh, the Florida section looks absolutely great. Yeah, there's a lot there, and it, it's nice because Mayor Dan, uh, Mayor Harder, he has his regular column, but he's also writing a an outdoors column for the newspaper. And uh, I asked him about that. You know, what what inspired you to do that? I believe it's his grandmother. He could call in and tell us, or you know, uh, tell us off campus at some point. I think he, he had said his grandmother, or you know, someone mm -hmm. in his family used to write a column for the dispatch. He writes very well, and he oh, actually, yeah. you know, I like uh, fishing, and uh, he he's the, the subject of this particular piece is uh, you know fishing and uh, pickerel and uh, muskie, and I this is one of the most exciting uh, fishing actually. Yeah, it's my favorite kind of fishing. You know, and it's funny. Uh, I grew up in an old family of fishermen, and my big brother was uh, a trout and bass fisherman. My dad was more of a bass guy, uh, it, and also trout, which is funny. Usually people either like bass fishing and they listen to country music, or they like trout fishing and they listen to classical. There's, there's not a lot of crossover, typically. But pikes is totally different. Uh, and I love pike. Yeah, pike, pike is Always more have. athletic. Uh, yeah, there's a particular way of doing that uh, from the boat. Yep. Uh, where you put uh, different kind of uh, traps in the water. And uh, essentially what you do, you just uh, go from one to another to another to another, just observing which one is tipping and not. Very not easy, uh, very demanding, so to yeah. speak, and even the, the winter fishing for the, for pikes. I mean, oh, it's so much fun. Oh. And that's, that's the best uh, sport fishing for ice fishing. But, you know, just regular uh, lure fishing uh, for pike and not just trolling, but casting, you have to reel so much faster than you do for other types of fish. You know, you don't want the lure to uh, sink too much after it hits the surface. And Dan knows, I mean, he grew up as did his dad, his grandfather, etc. Fishing Glenmare, which is interesting. It's a swampy, shallow reservoir that's full of big, beautiful chain pickerel and grass pickerel. And now in Greenwood Lake, they'd stocked, um, oh gosh, over 25 years ago, uh, they started stocking, I think 35 years ago, muskies in there, muskellunge, which are the mm -hmm. largest member of the pike family here in North America. And... Uh, I remember our, our uh, county executive, Steve Newhouse, he, he is a, a muskie killer over there at Greenwood Lake. This guy posts pictures of beautiful muskies. And um, they're a lot like the pickerel. They're, they're in the shallows a lot of time, right next to the docks of Greenwood Lake. So I do hope that we see more fishing stuff from Green, Greenwood Lake, more stand-up paddling articles, boating articles, etc. It will be nice to see for sure. And uh, the looking back column, and it reminds me of Wisner News Notes from way back in the day, Kristen Maslanka does a beautiful job with that. Uh, she takes any given week or couple weeks uh, and she says what was happening then, you know, 20 years ago, 40 years ago, 80 years ago, et cetera. It's really nice, it's a lot of fun to see. I remember when I was in high school reading Wisner News Notes and saying, wow, that's from, you know, like when my grandfather was little, now, as a dude reading, well, now it's called Looking Back, I'm looking at things from when I was in high school, and that's the stuff that's 40 years ago. It's a little scary, but there it is. It's, it's a lot to see, and I see Pause to Ponder here from Susie Barron, uh, the president of the Warwick Humane Society. They absolutely should have a column in there. You know, we always see and hear about people having adoption programs for dogs and cats. It's like, it's really nice to see more of a background from this lady each week. Absolutely, and uh, I think uh, what uh, Susan actually does, uh, there's a picture of the cat that is available for adoption. It's pet of uh, the week, so to speak. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, we need to see more of that, and that's nice to see. And I, I think uh, she may have been brought on board by our own Taylor Sterling, whose column is by far my favorite. Uh, it's, it's a great column because of the humor in it. She has uh, humorous little anecdotes and one-liners, uh, which make me honestly crack up every time I read it. And then um, a relative of Jean's here, Holly Wright, has the right path. She's a Columbia executive coach, used to be the uh, assistant director of online learning at Columbia University. So she's got kind of an upper end uh, executive coaching section that mm -hmm. she sort of um, 
I wouldn't say waters down. She just generalizes it more for people for coaching, uh, self-coaching their day-to-day lives for more success all around. And to me, that's a really useful column. I like that it's very heavy on columns, weekly columns now. That's something that really makes a, a hometown newspaper, in my opinion. And I noticed another column in there that seemed to have a lot to do with meat. Ah, yes, guilty. Uh, <laughs> there's a, there's actually, that does have uh, the Butch's well-kept secret. Uh, oh, yeah. It, it is, in fact, uh, very little known, and we're trying to bring that knowledge into to, to, to public uh, because... Uh, I'm talking about Terrace uh, Major Steak. A lot of people and everybody else is familiar with the staples like ribeye strips, uh, you know, but very few people actually uh, wander off in a more uh, undeveloped territory where you can meet uh, skirt, hanger, and flank, but the Terrace Major even less known and uh, because it's so difficult to extract because it's, it's such a minimal yield. Uh, out of 3,000-pound animal, you can only... Uh, essentially harvest one and a half pound, maybe two. But it is, in fact, uh, the most second most tender muscle in the body of the steer. And uh, I was at the Sam's Meat Warehouse this morning. It's still nine ninety nine a pound versus uh, fillet prices that right now uh, three times that. Has to be, yeah. And it's not only just great substitute, but it is uh, has a much richer flavor because it's uh, the supply of blood that carried to that particular muscle Bingo. is greater. That's and it, it uh, reflects on, uh, on a flavor profile. And I think anybody who is not familiar, didn't have a chance to try, ought to try. And uh, I uh, like so often happens, people come in and asking uh, for that steak by name. And that's becoming the bestseller and their favorite. Well, it's also, there are a lot of, for one thing, jumping back, and I said this to you sometime during the week we were talking about it, and I, I said, you know, it's ridiculous. There should be a, a better trade name for it because sometimes people don't want to order things that are difficult to pronounce. And you said there are a couple of trade names. It is. Uh, it's a petit filet, mostly known as a petit filet, chuck tender, mock tender, uh, but the tender medallions, if it's uh, properly merchandised and sliced in the medallions, but uh, Terrace Major, it's, it's Latin for that particular uh, muscle. There's a Terrace Major and Terrace Minor. It's a rotation muscle in the human body. Uh, we have it as well, right? Uh, sort of like uh, connecting a shoulder blade uh, to, uh, to the arm. Like a rotator cuff, but That's more above yep. the AC uh, joint, I'd say. So, uh, I don't know. That seems to be maybe because of that particular reason. Maybe because, like I said, the yield is so minimal. Uh, it's not so readily available. Uh, it's very difficult to find uh, on the shelf of the supermarket, let's say. Here's the weird thing, Stephen. Sorry for interrupting mm -hmm. you, but there's so little of it per animal. And I made the analogy last week, sort of like cheek meat in a fish, yep. right? The best mm -hmm. uh, meat in the fish is right right above the gill there, or right over, overlapping the gill. I'm shocked that it's not the most expensive cut because it's the second most tender in the animal. There's way less of it. Why is it not really expensive? Well, because the uh, there's such thing as a, a primal parts, and essentially the carcass of the beef gets broken down into four quarters. And you have shoulder, you have rib, you have loin, and you have round, just generalizing. So the expensive uh, primals are loin and rib. And this is where majority of your premium steaks come uh, from. That's if that would be, let's say, loin, it's a short loin, and you would find filet mignon on it, you would find a porterhouse, you would find a T-bone, you would find bone-in strip, uh, or even boneless strip, depending how you want to merchandise it. Now, Terrace Major is a part of the least expensive shoulder primal. So weird. And as, uh, as it belongs to the shoulder, generally shoulder is uh, has very little uses and generally uh, either get ground or pot roast or stewed, which is the three uh, least, the very least expensive uh, sure. cut. Now, we take it, of course, further and out of the shoulder can also be extract, extracted Delmonico. I didn't know that's a shoulder cut. That's a shoulder cut. That's a shoulder cut because uh, uh, ribeye, shoulder, uh, where shoulder ends, rib uh, primal begins. Of course. So rib primal is rib number four through rib number 11. So Delmonico is technically still a ribeye. It's still the same muscle, but it's rib number three. Huh. That gets, you know, once you uh, 
take it out, that belongs to the shoulder now. So Delmonico is a shoulder cut, but it's still a ribeye. Uh, it's uh, it's cheaper thus, but it takes, like I said, it takes more skills to extract. It takes more uh, skills to merchandise. So, uh, but there's also chuck eye steak, uh, also known as a poor man's ribeye. It's a little bit further down the line, yep. but it's still very flavorful and still tender. I, I'm uh, still a big fan. Yeah, it's absolutely. very flavorful. There's a Denver steak that right now is picking up in popularity and uh, becoming one of the most asked for and popular steaks. Uh, there's uh, country style ribs um, so there's a lot of uh, things that can be done to chuck further merchandise it well here's the cool thing whenever I go into your store I find you there and when I have questions just like on the show you're really enthusiastic to answer them it's an education every time I go there and that's why other people like it because we live in an age where most of us you know I'm uh, a few years older than you so we ha I I lived in an America that had small town butchers when I was a little guy. By the time I was a teenager, they were all gone, you know, and you just go to the supermarket, nobody would answer the question. So uh, I think maybe after another word from Sam's, we can talk more about that. Sam's Mead Warehouse has been supplying restaurants and shops with the highest quality local and sustainably sourced prime and choice wholesale meat, steaks, poultry, seafood, and much more for over 20 years. Whether you're a small family butcher shop or a busy steakhouse, expect A1 service and the finest products available. Call Sam's at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off Route 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. Hi, this is your favorite assemblyman, Carl Brabadek. And your state senator, Mike Martucci. And we are teaming up for the Friday Roundtable, where we'll be talking about what's happening in Albany. That's every Friday at 9 a.m. On, on radio, radio worth listening to. You have a car problem? Maybe it's a mechanic problem. Maybe it's not. Sounds like a job for me, Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor. That's right, Sunday mornings at 8. Get up early, let's hang out, let's talk about cars, let's all get smarter, let's solve some car problems. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor, here Sunday mornings at 8. WTBQ Clouds will thicken this afternoon, showers and some thunderstorms that will be quite strong. Damaging wind gusts, heavy flooding downpours are possible. Our highs in the upper 80s. Tonight, showers and thunderstorms will taper off after midnight. Still some heavy downpours, mid-60s. Tomorrow, look for clouds and drizzle in the morning. Shower, thunderstorm in the afternoon, highs in the upper 70s. And on Monday, look for a mix of sunny clouds. Afternoon, shower, thunderstorm, highs in the upper 70s. From the WTBQ Weather Center, I'm WeatherWorks' Tony Salimo. WTBQ. We're back with free speech. Uh, Jay Westerveld here with Stephen Keeter. And uh, as often happens, we, we went back to talking about meat because, Stephen, as I was saying before the uh, last word from the sponsor, you're sort of the Mitra D. Uh, when you go over there to Sam's, you're ready to help people with their questions and all. But one quick thing, Taylor poked her head in and reminded us that the uh, fireworks at, uh, I believe it's at Thomas Bull Memorial Park? Uh, Thomas Bull Memorial Park has been rescheduled due to weather uh, for Friday. It was supposed to be today, this Saturday. It has been rescheduled for Friday, uh, July 23rd. So uh, just please take a note. And so today's firework at Thomas uh, Bull Memorial Park has been rescheduled a week from uh, essentially today, Friday night, uh, so July 23rd. There's still going to be a lot of fun there. And, uh, you know, make sure you do get out. And maybe it's a good thing that uh, it's postponed. More people can hear about it and get more prepared for it. It's going to be a lot of fun. But when I go to Sam's, it's nice that you're there not only to answer questions, but to steer me. Uh, toward, you know, after you ask me a few questions toward what I might like the most. And that's what a lot of people tell me they like. When I was a kid, my mom, my grandmother would go to the butcher and the butcher would always say, oh, I've got this this week. You may want to try this. And that's absolutely And uh, there's more and more we hear uh, people coming up and says, uh, any suggestions? What should I buy today? Uh, the, everybody's so used to hear that we do about, uh, we regularly do two, three sales a week. One that would run, let's say, m uh, Monday or Tuesday through Thursday, then uh, Friday through Sunday, and then there's a bunch of specials that gets peppered in depending on the 
incoming deliveries or what's coming. It's al- almost like going to the farmer market and see what's what's ripe on on, on a vine. It what's, is what's on a branch. You know what's what's today. What's what's good today. Yeah, it's exactly uh, like that. Really, and this is how we form our specials, and uh, we have a couple of that actually. Uh, yesterday, uh, there's a new post uh, that came in, and uh, it came in along with the new deliveries that we received of the. Vashugu, the highest grade American Wagyu. And right now, through Sunday, it's 15% off. And uh, we uh, discussed Wagyu beef a number of times on the program already. It is genetically different. It is healthier and better for you. And thus, I think it's actually, if I have to make a prediction, Jay, I honestly believe that in about uh, maybe 10, 15, 20 years, I don't know how quickly that's going to happen, but we're going to see predominantly more of a Wagyu crossbred cattle as the main herd uh, nationwide. I hope so. It would be good for America's health overall. That's exactly, I think, because everybody is getting a little bit more uh, self-conscious of what people eat and, uh, you know, where it comes from. So domestic beef is, compared to uh, Wagyu cattle, is not as palatable and also not as healthy. So I, I see the switch right now. Domestic Wagyu is available uh, in the States. The quality is absolutely through the roof. Yeah. You pay a fraction of what you would normally pay for an imported product. Good uh, point. A5, because it does have to come from overseas. It gets air-flown first-class tickets almost uh, on airplanes. And, uh, you know, it's handled by many hands and in between the middlemen and stuff like that. So uh, normally, like I said, it's, it's a triple-digit uh, product. But right now at Sam's Meat Warehouse, you can find a Wagyu that starts anywhere from $9 to 37 including discount for the premium, best of the best steaks like uh, boneless ribeye or New York strip. Uh, no, that's excellent. I just, I feel badly for those Japanese cattle being sent first class thinking they're going on this great vacation to America and then they get off and, uh, you know, they go to the meat warehouse. But uh, no, it's it's incredible that it does come from Japan. I can't believe that that yeah, it works out yeah. that way at those prices. It is kind of weird, you know. Absolutely, it's, it's wonderful. Now, uh, Washugo is the uh, there's a ranch in uh, California, and uh, but it's raised in a strict feeding program originating from Japan. There's all Japanese management, um, so uh, they fed the highest quality feed on the Japanese style feeding program. Certified free from hormones, growth uh, promoters, and HMOs. Um, 99.99% USDA prime or higher compared to only 2% that, uh, let's say, the Angus uh, herd can produce. Now, so that's that's kind of interesting. So they can do it here, just they, like so many things. It absolutely. can be done here. It can be done, uh, at the, like I said, at the fraction of the cost. It's not quite A5, but it's the highest grades available. It's uh, the fat content or SPB, as they call it, 10 plus. This is, you, it cannot get any higher than that. No, that's, yeah, so it's, I think your prediction makes a lot more sense, Stephen, that uh, being that we're starting to culture them here anyway, that it will happen. And we've seen that happen uh, with other culture. I mean, really, uh, the whole idea of beef culture is something that came here from the old world. You know, Absolutely. so much of what we eat, so much of the food that we grow and eat is really old world food. So it makes sense. Uh, another special from Sam's, uh, just worth mentioning, eleven ninety nine for the uh, USDA Prime. Right. This is once again nationally produced, the highest uh, grade of nationally produced beef. USDA Prime, born in New York Strip, eleven ninety nine a pound, dry age special. What that means is that you can purchase the slab or half a slab today, leave it at Sam's and uh, pick it up at uh, 21, 28, uh, 30, 45, or even as long as 60 days. I have a customer yeah. who call in and said, I have a special occasion. I will be coming in. I'll, I would like to put mine in two months. We have a you know celebration. I really would like to have something special. And that's the right way to do it. You. Uh, you can obviously find uh, dry age steaks, uh, but at the rate of uh, $60, $79, $90 a pound, you know, and, but uh, why would you want to pay more than, let's say, 11 bucks or two weeks ago? I have uh, people picking up something that has been already aged. We're looking at the tag 
and then let's say two months old, uh, you know, receipt. It was eight ninety nine a pound. Eight ninety nine. Oh, that's cool. You can look back and see the Absol- price then. Yeah. You, you can see the price. You can see the uh, price per pound paid. You can see the date that had his. Uh, because there's a lot of the tag that gets attached to the particular slab has all of that information, including the owner's name, the phone number, and the desired uh, the term. Uh, how long it uh, needs to be aged. So the aged beef, uh, are you seeing a trend where people are warming up to it more and more? At this particular, we cannot keep it in stock. So we, uh, last weekend, we ran a T-bone and porterhouse special at the very same price, $11.99. Unfortunately, after like uh, maybe half a day of working and taking orders, we were completely sold out. So we had to actually to turn down and turn away some people who would, would like to still buy it. So we promised to bring it back. Now it's a little different cut. It's a bone in New York strip, still loin, still uh, top of the line, sure. USDA prime, same price. And now that's still, as far as I know, that was still available as of this morning. Have you ever considered or, or done this where just on your own, you've taken Sam's stock that's not sold and just aged it yourself and then sold it as an aged product? Yes, we did. How did that do? I mean, were you able to move it? Absolutely. That that sells actually pretty good. But uh, with that said, when you take a, a store stock and you start aging, it can no longer be the... You don't lock that price. Right. Because the uh, due to ev- evaporation and uh, this even such a thing as a shelf room and everything else, there's waste, there's right. evaporation. So you're losing roughly about 30, 40% of it. And this is why after that is factored in we sort of have to raise up the price tag. Sure. So to avoid that, and uh, as they say, the all good things come to those who wait. Yep. If you have patience and you have uh, a particular date in mind, just uh, calculate that. And like usually we do a lot of this business between Thanksgiving and Christmas because it's roughly 20 plus days and everybody wants uh, to uh, have something spectacular special for christmas dinner so are any other kinds of meats uh, ever aged like this like uh for instance uh you know mutton or pork or anything or strictly beef uh we actually have strictly beef i think we had uh, maybe a request for a lamb that i remember that we had Otherwise, different cuts. We have we aged sirloins, we we aged picanhas, we aged uh, porterhouses, uh, tomahawks, regular ribeyes, bone-in strips. That usually. What also it has to be a different kind of trim. So yeah. n- normally, what and um, essentially the same, the product that you would normally see at Smith and Wolanski or Peter Luger. I know uh, the farm that Peter Luger is buying. It's a very same product. This is what we carry. Uh, we carry their product as well. We carry Peter Luger's uh, product. And uh, what you would normally uh, see at Peter Luger, it's a very same uh, slab that you can buy at Sam's Meat Warehouse. Except instead of, uh, you know, a porterhouse for two for $189, you pay $11 a pound uh, and then have it aged as long or as short as you like. You know, I carry a lot of aged uh, beef and... Uh sheep uh, in my bag overseas, uh, mm-hmm. especially you know when I'm out in the field for a long time. And that's not quite jerky, and it's not quite uh, this sort of aging where it's done at, at cold temperature. You know, So that it just seems that there are so many ways to do it. People have to think past this old model of, oh, you, know, you, you always have to eat these things fresh. Even when it comes to not dry aging meat, but just having it in the fridge longer so it gets that nuttier taste. Uh, interestingly enough, now that you mentioned, I did when I was in Ukraine, I uh, had a dry aged uh, rabbit. It was a essentially aged rabbit. Uh, now, did know. you find it on the road or was this intentional? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually, uh, you know, I was uh, visiting a friend and we walked into the cellar and I saw a couple of rabbits just hanging out there. And he said, uh, I inquired what it's all about. And he said, oh, you should try one. And uh, it's, wow. it's just like jerky. Yeah. It's just like jerky. It's not salted or anything. It's just dried, dried meat. That's amazing that it's not salted, not smoked. Yep. Nope. And oh, that's just, great. Just dry up. Yep. Cool. That's something interesting to try. I will have to look. I've had marmot that way uh, in Central Yeah, the Asia, world is so, has so much to offer, and there's, uh, there's so many things that we discover for, for ourselves every day, essentially, you know. And this is why we have, um, you know, this... Uh, 
infomercial, if you will, that you, we used to do on the Facebook of uh, Sam's Meat Warehouse Facebook. And now, uh, thank you for the staff at the Warwick Valley Dispatch and for an opportunity to uh, actually bring that knowledge uh, to the readers of well, the local newspaper. Well, again, that's the big differentiator with you, too, is you are a very um, serious world traveler and you're an adventurous eater. A lot of people who call themselves foodies or food critics aren't even adventurous. You're like me, man. You'll try it. If you see that the natives well, are eating to, it, yeah, absolutely. There's, there's nothing. I, I don't even play there or not. Uh, you, have to, <laughs> you have to try it only because I'm actually interested to see uh, how it tastes. There's nothing yeah. out there that would scare or otherwise uh, appall or, you know. Yeah, good, good, good point. Uh, you know, I'll almost agree with you for myself, but, some, you know, there are some things, not out of squeamishness, I'm not grossed out by things, but sometimes I just say, Ooh, you know, and this is only in really remote uh, areas, third world areas, I think, wow, is there a chance I'm going to get food poisoning? Or worse, is there a chance I'm going to get some kind of parasite? But I still try them all, and, you know, I've had food poisoning. <laughs> Probably the worst thing in the world you can ever get is food poisoning. True food poisoning, not getting sick but from things, but that happens only like, with canned things or in remote parts of the world. It doesn't happen here too much. And it's funny, in the dispatch, um, there was even a, a little quote from a, a hardcore singer, Henry Rollins, about just getting out, seeing more of the world to better understand your own country. Absolutely. And this is the differentiator with Sam's Meat Warehouse and talking to you about food. And again, when you go in there, it's not just meat. You know, I was in there a couple weeks ago. My child was running around just so excited at the beautiful vegetables, you know, <laughs> picking things up. And we had some great mushrooms that night. Well, it's, uh, and, and I write in this article up here, and uh, this is about particular steak, uh, but the, 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 essentially the message is treat this cut very simply. And, and a simplicity in food, I think it's, it's the healthiest way to do it. Um, I eat, uh, I think I told you the story that, uh, you know, the local... Uh, Doctor. Oh, we'll come oh wait, back this out. is going to be a long one. We better do this after the break. <laughs> Sam's Meat Warehouse is a butcher with old time family values. Remember back in the day when people knew their butcher by name and visiting them was a social experience? They would talk to customers about how to cook a piece of meat to perfection. Sam's combines old world methods with modern techniques. Call your favorite butcher, Sam's, at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. Hi, this is John Tesh. Tune in for great music and intelligence for your life on weekdays at 1 p.m. as we assemble the tips, the facts, and the news you need to be happier, healthier, more lovable, and more fun to be around. Radio worth listening to. We put the intelligence out there. You decide what to do with it. Are you a foodie, a wine connoisseur, or love both? Then join the conversation every Thursday at 11 a.m. with Stephen Keeter and his renowned guests, restaurateurs, chefs, and sommeliers on Food for Thought, right here on Radio Worth Listening To. WGHT Pompton Lakes, your community radio station since 1969. And we're back. With free speech, this is Jay Westerveld with Stephen Keeter on Stephen Keeter's show. We were just before we went to word from the sponsors. Uh, Stephen was starting to tell a story about a doctor and um, fried food. But before we get to that, uh, we had that question for a free subscription to the Warwick Valley Dispatch, which is Warwick's hometown newspaper. That's kind of unofficially almost partnering with uh, the radio station to a degree where they each help one another being really traditional forms of media in a world that's growing increasingly bizarre with uh, social media. Somebody gave an answer in uh, by text and um, the question is what's the annual subscription rate for the Warwick Valley Dispatch and what was the subscription rate 30 years ago? Well, someone gave us an answer that if they were answering the second part of the question, 
Well, even then, it's not even correct. Then. Yeah. All right. So uh, the question was, uh, what is the copy? What's the cost of the copy today? And what was it? Oh, uh, per copy, yes. Per copy, uh, uh, 30 years. And uh, you don't have to be uh, an exact 30 years. Uh, let's make it 25 or long enough, let's say. Uh, but uh, somebody responded with an annual subscriptions rate uh, for the residents of Orange County, for those residing outside Orange County, and college students. Unfortunately, uh, the answer is wrong. Um, it's close, but uh, as they say, no cigar. And uh, it must have been taken out of the older uh, newspaper. Uh, yet, I think uh, that means that uh, the person answering doesn't have a fresh copy of Warwick Valley Dispatch in front of him. And, uh, or we her. St- we would still would like probably to reward and offer uh, the annual subscription. So please call the studio, 651-1110, and uh, let us know uh, who that... Uh, fresh copy of the Warwick Valley Dispatch for annual subscription should go out to. Now, uh, the in the meantime, the question still remains open and unanswered. And uh, there's a little sort of like a silver lining to the question. I just want to stress out how affordable, how affordable that uh, source of uh, local news and uh, community calendars and everything that's happening, not just in Warwick, but in the villages of Greenwood Lake, Warwick, and Florida. Pine Island, uh, on a county level, you you get uh, this thrift of information that is uh, really like a treasure to have if you just moved in or if you lived here long enough but uh, didn't realize everything that the area has to offer, uh, all the places. If you read uh, an article by uh, Amanda Dana, a county director of tourism and film, and we had a number of uh, tourism attractions, a number of film actually filmed right here oh, in Warwick. Yeah, absolutely. And we talked s- about that on our last show. Absolutely. Actually. So, yeah. so uh, maybe that should be a trivia for the next question. But once again, please pay attention, uh, see and uh, uh, answer uh, the question, and uh, win yourself a subscription, an annual subscription to Warwick Valley Dispatch. But the bottom line is. It is extremely affordable. So don't think of uh, triple, double, or even single digits. And, you know, on that note, we have to really commend Ms. Dana, the Orange County Director of Tourism and Film, for taking the time to send something to the dispatch. This is the kind of attention it's getting as the real, you know, hometown newspaper of Warwick, and Warwick is the uh, apple of New York's eye and certainly Orange County's, and that the uh, director of tourism for the county decided it, it's so important that she would put her two cents in for Absolutely. this paper. And even uh, if you take a look for, for people uh, who's contributing uh, to, to the content, you would find uh, who is who not only uh, here in Warwick, uh, we have uh, supervisors and mayors of uh, surrounding uh, towns and villages uh, doing that. You have the president of uh, Humane Society putting her. Uh, we have WTBQ's uh, Frank uh, Trett and Taylor Sterling doing the same thing. Both with great columns. Absolutely. Week, yeah. Uh, uh, our Senator Mike Martucci uh, for the second issue in a row has been actually uh, himself providing some information. What's uh, going on not only on the county, what's happening in Albany on a state level. Yeah, and I love that he did that. I love that he answered the call because the dispatch put calls out to quite a few elected officials. And, um, you know, sadly, um, one elected official right here within Warwick who had a column with the paper forever uh, during his whole term, it is the official paper of all the municipalities within the greater town of Warwick, he declined to continue his column and yet here we have other people on the county and state level stepping up and saying yeah we want to support that newspaper it's really important it's such an old bastion of this county um you know it is and i think anybody who uh, continues and support and it's uh, as a community i think we all recognize the value uh, of uh, such an establishment it has been around for 136 years so if you uh, do not have a subscription just yet. If you uh, think that you have a uh, newsworthy material, uh, please uh, you know reach out to Warwick Valley Dispatch and uh, either get a subscription. There's a chance to win one right now here today, and here we go. We got a winner. Uh, the the winner of the subscription. Uh, this is a complimentary. This is on top of the uh, asked question. Is uh, Jimmy DeGro out of New Hampton, New York? Congratulations uh, to Mr. DeGro for uh, getting 
a uh, annual subscription to Warwick Valley Dispatch. Yeah, thanks for and thanks for your texts. Um, and feel free to call in as well. It's interesting. Uh, you know, a lot of times people are reluctant to call in, uh, but we appreciate the text. It's very cool. And thank you uh, for your answer. I'm looking at the newspaper. I see there's a, an article here about the Hudson Highlands Nature Museum. That's right over in Cornwall that they're reopening. Finally, that's a great place. You know, so often people move to this area and they're trying to find things to do. People ask me all the time, both through some of our Facebook groups and just meeting them here. Where can I go? Where are there things to do? You know, invariably, I always send them over to Mountain Creek for mountain biking and certainly the uh, old Action Park, now the Mountain Creek Water Park. And uh, there are so many things to do. Thank God, uh, now Legoland just opens it up to everyone. Legoland, and uh, once again, County Director of Tourism and Film, and uh, here's just a couple of things. It's uh, New York International Air Show. It's Warwick Drive-In. It's Orange County Fair. Orange Motorsports and Entertainment. Uh, summer Music Series. Uh, fair Oaks Drive-In. New York Renaissance Fair, and the list goes on and on and so on and on. And we have uh, just, you know, like we know a lot of people uh, uh, live in New York State, but we also have a lot of people moving from the city uh, up to uh, Orange County and specifically to Hudson Valley and Warwick. You know, the uh, Blue Arrow Farm over right on the border of New Jersey and New York. You've been there. Yeah, it's on the Glenwood. way to, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, towards Pine Bush. Uh, no, no, to the other side of Pine Island. Between. Oh, Pine Island, yes, I've been there too. Yeah. So it's, uh, that that place, they don't really advertise a lot outside of social media. Apparently, huge following. They have a rock and roll legend playing there, gosh, uh, this weekend or next, Rick Derringer. Who was? I'm trying to think if he was with the Rascals or the McCoys, or but he was with a lot of bands through the '60s and '70s. Rick Rick Derringer is is a real heavy hitter. He's going to be playing at Little Blue. Well, it's not Little Blue. No, no, Arrow that Farm. place is rocking. That oh, yeah. place is actually rocking. I think, and they do it. Uh, it's a very uh, smart uh, marketing. Uh, I've been there. They do like I think it's Wednesday nights, something Crazy. like in the midst of a week. You wouldn't expect. You would expect a lot of uh, action. Uh, you know, on Saturday and Sunday, but that's also a very local crowd. Yeah, uh, very local and uh, yeah. a robust crowd. I mean, a absolutely lot of local, local. Uh, when I was there, uh, Robbie Valentine was rocking uh, the mic with his group, and uh, you know, it's like I said, it's a great atmosphere. They have a petting zoo for the kids. They had a car show on that particular uh, evening. Uh, yeah, Frank and Taylor. I think they go to a car show over yep. there. Uh, like Pennings had a car show right here, right next to the station. Pennings, uh, big uh, agritainment center, which is so much Absolutely. fun with the bar, the amazing restaurant, and uh, again, no, we, Penning Zoo. No, we have they enough have show. Uh, places that actually uh, people uh, probably need to know more, and uh, and uh, also local businesses that can uh, sort of uh, support the uh, local paper. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's it's great that the dispatch is here to put that word out there. It's great that WTBQ is here doing this. You know, it almost sounds like uh, an infomercial for public radio. But uh, it, it's amazing that this private radio station, just like this private newspaper, are able to serve such a noble public function. I know in, in uh, Frank Tret's hand, uh, the radio has been for 27 years, if I'm not mistaken. I think even under Frank, I think much longer. Before him was Ed Klein. Uh, when I was a little kid, Ed Klein had it. Yeah, because Ed Klein the, also wrote. I a was great trying book. to figure out uh, the the combined uh, age of Dispatch and uh, WTBQ. Probably would probably come to close uh, like two hundred oh, years. Yeah, uh, it would have to because uh, this paper started in eighteen eighty five. And, and another amazing fact that people who still put out this paper, uh, the staff at Warwick Valley Dispatch, if you actually take their uh, medium age, because all we the have people in the, the printing uh, folks, the, Evelyn, I think today, today's Saturday, she's turning 94 years old, 94. So, so congratulations, Evelyn, 94 years old. God bless you and many more years to come. And, uh, Evelyn Card, she was, when I went to elementary school here in Warwick uh, back in the 60s, she was the, the assistant to the principal, uh, Reynolds Longfield. 
Hey, she's she's been around, man. Yeah, she's turning ninety four today or ninety four, and 94. as uh, yeah. still on the uh, mast of uh, Warwick Valley Dispatch, uh, listed as a post production manager. Evelyn Card, congratulations once again, ninety four years today. That's what it's about. That's great. <laughs> she's not thinking about retiring, man. And, and not only that, uh, if you uh, take a look at. Uh, publisher at Eugene Wright, or if you take a look at Master Printer, Dave De- DeWitt, uh, the people who are actually putting up these issues, this, uh, you know, local, true community paper, you take those a handful of the so-called the skeleton crew, they got to be average age... Uh, 80. 75, 80. You're right. Yeah, I mean, those two guys, watch, you, they probably don't want it out there on the air. But <laughs> I know their ages, and also those, those names go back to colonial times before there was a the United States in this area. All of those names uh, go back to colonial times. So this is a true hometown newspaper. And once again, now it's got, uh, you know, actual hometown people who came up through this area, maybe go back for a few generations, went through all their elementary, middle and high school in Warwick at the helm again. So it's a lot of good things I, are happening. I honestly there. think that's a wonderful uh, news. And maybe it would be great to see uh, some of those people maybe featured in Warwick Valley Dispatch. I think it could happen for sure. Um, we we will uh, we'll see how it unfolds. But speaking of uh, folding and unfolding, I hope people do buy subscriptions. Check it out: workvalleydispatch.com. Should we give com? away uh, the, the 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 correct answer? Uh, we have a couple yeah, of minutes. Sure. It seems like By all okay. Means, Steven, please do. Uh, well, what do you, let's play a little game. What do you think, uh, Warwick Valley Dispatch? Now it's it's a great uh, history. It's 136 year old people that putting and making it happen. They have a like I said, average age. Of the crew putting up is uh, what we just figured out seventy five eighty. Yeah, it's uh, legendary names uh, that go back to colonial times. The the paper is on the other hand is very relevant, very modern. Uh, Not owned by a big corporation unlike the other papers. And uh, still, folks, just listen to this. Still, folks, fifth, uh, cost fifty cents, and it wow. uh, costed uh, twenty five years ago the same fifty cents. How many things do you know that would, uh, for a quarter of a century, uh, did not fluctuate in price, did not uh, get... I think it's undervalued. I think it uh, should cost more. It should. And I hope that will not deter some people from buying and spending a buck. Well, I'm going to go out and buy a copy. Absolutely. Well, good. I hope everybody else does. And uh, until next Saturday... We'll see everybody next Saturday, 11 a.m. Take care. <laughs>